You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. Well, this next one sounds fun. A race called Strip It to Give It. Okay, I'll let you visualize that for a moment. Then I'll tell you, it's probably not what you're imagining right now, unless you've already heard of this race. This race, like most, involves runners stripping off articles of clothing as they go about the course. Then the clothes are collected, washed, and donated to our homeless neighbors in the Queen City. Now there's an idea, and the creator of this good idea is someone who has worked with our homeless neighbors since she was a teenager. Welcome to Running Around Charlotte, Katie Gregory. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm Tim Rhodes, and alongside me is Jeff Cooper. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, Katie, just how far down do we strip in this race? That's Let's, let's just go right for the jugular on this. There's going to be children there. <laughs> um, you know, Speedo, maybe. Speedo? But we okay. have people that really love to layer up, so it's uh, last year was our first year. And we saw everything from tiny short shorts to people still coming through with long sleeves and, <laughs> and uh, leggings on. So you get some polar bear club points if you go down oh all my the gosh. way to Speedo, right? Well, last year was 60 degrees. Oh, so like before it? the start line, people were like, we're hot. We're, oh, you know, yeah. Let me it, was, it was crazy. <laughs> it was very Strip warm. Strip it here. We'll take it. Yeah. I, was I like, think I saw go. a guy in two suits. So he ended up taking off both of those and was like, dang, man, how were you? even breathing before yeah i had a vest on and a sweatshirt and i was like <sighs> like just already breathing heavy and not moving so you are not just a woman with a great idea you're also a runner tell us where the light bulb first clicked on about creating a race whose goal was to give clothes to the homeless members of our community um so in college i guess i was like watching the news and like looking at marathons and they were talking about first layers of clothing being donated to like a shelter i think it could have been like boston or new york and I was like, that's a really great idea if I took that idea and just multiplied it. So like had it at every mile station. And so I actually created a project on this in college called Strip It to Give It, like this whole idea. And then every year thereafter, it was just like, you need to do this. You need to do this. And so finally, so finally did. I did it. Yeah. Finally, yeah. I did it. And you said last year was your first year. How did it go? Oh, last year was great, um, except for like every week until actually race week because you know <laughs> runners with a new race who don't know what your race is about you know slow signups the whole thing with race registration like you really get your bulk of participants i guess like the month and two weeks out before race day maybe yep we don't have that problem yeah we don't have that <laughs> you know so it was nerve-wracking day of was amazing we had close to 500 runners we collected over um maybe 17 1750 pounds of uh clothing um, so we had great response from runners and I was like, okay, maybe I'll do this the second year and go through it again. <laughs> there's, there's this love hate relationship that I have with our events and as it leads up and it gets closer and closer, it's more and more stressful and you, you know, let's like, I just want to get through it. Just want to get through it make sure nothing goes sideways. Yeah. And then you get into it and you're like, man, I just, I love this stuff. It's what I, this is what I love to do. And mm -hmm. you're in the middle of it and then it's over. And it's like, dang, I can't wait to do that again next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very similar to the runner's high, like during training, like you have awful days of training, whether it's like your body, whether it's weather. And then like come race day, you're like, this was just so great. I want to do it again. And you start it up again. And you're like, 
oh, oh today was yeah why did i do this <laughs> yep everything hurts <laughs> everything hurts um but yeah so why january so um first logistically a lot of races don't happen in january and there's a lot of races throughout the year secondly it allows running participants to kind of feel what our homeless people feel like so uh, we can escape the cold, we can escape the heat, but our homeless neighbors cannot. So they're out in it 24-7. So when I have friends that are like, Katie, it's going to be cold, I'm like, yeah, well, we have a house to go into. Um, so it kind of allows a fun way to experience um, the weather. So that's why we chose January. If it's an extreme race, why not do it it's in extreme good. weather? Well, yeah. plus, you know, theoretically, people can pile on more layers mm-hmm. and probably can't do that in july right no my god you want to take all of them off then <laughs> yeah <laughs> you wouldn't even walk to the start line with all those layers right how did your eyes uh first open up to the problem of homelessness and in, in, in charlotte and and your un- understanding of what's going on develop over the years um so i was lucky i was introduced to it as, at a young age maybe 15 or 16 my mom was driving uptown one day to drop my brother off we're charlotte natives and she saw this line of men around what is now BB&T, BB&T Ballpark. Mm-hmm. And um, she asked this guy who's handing out hot dogs, hey, how can I help you? And getting ready to hand over a check. And he was like, pour drinks. So that was on a Tuesday. And every Tuesday thereafter, um, I've been going up there for like the last 15 years. So I've developed relationships with these guys. I understand what they need. You know, I can't give them a house. Maybe I don't give them money. Um, but I can get them clothing. So I can get them clothing to stay warm, a fresh T-shirt in the summer, new socks, new underwear, some of these things that we take for granted. Shoes. Shoes. Oh, my gosh. Shoes. You know, yeah. that's big time, especially in the winter. Like, nobody likes their feet cold. Some of these guys don't have appropriate footwear for winter. So yeah, that's kind of what opened my eyes to it. It's just developing relationships and, and talking and asking. So as you've done more and more work with our homeless neighbors and been able to interact with them and kind of like breaching that stigma that a lot of people have with homelessness and like being on the street, is there anything that you wish you could tell people or kind of share like about your experience? Yeah. So first off, I think I had that same stigma and Mm -hmm. sometimes I still do. Um, We have a lot of panhandlers in Charlotte. We have a lot of people that are asking for money. I will be the first one to admit, I don't always like giving over money. I don't like giving money to strangers or foundations that I don't know where the money goes to. Um, So I would say when you see homeless people either asking for money, offer food, offer clothing, like have those things in the back of your car. After talking with a lot of the homeless and developing relationships with them, you realize that you came from almost the same life. You all have the same struggles. Um, You know, it's just how you get out of it and then like your support network. And for me, I'm lucky to have um, a family that lives here that's supportive, friends that are supportive, um, and a job. I was able to get an education, keep a job. Um, And so some of these people are just going through tough times, and you would be surprised to find out their backgrounds. They're ex-divers at NC State. They had families. They went bankrupt. They lost their jobs. And, you know, sometimes people can't get pulled out of that stuff. So everyone has a story, and our our stories a lot of the times line up. I think sometimes it's... It's the turns that the the road of life takes us on, and mm-hmm. some of them are are easy. And sometimes, <clears throat> you know, you you think you've been dealt a, a good hand, and and all of a sudden it's not. You know, mm-hmm. a, a loved one passes away. Um, 
something else happens, you you get into something that that becomes an addictive behavior. Mm-hmm. You lose a job. You know, there are just so many things that I mean, we're we're at this table not guaranteed. Mm-hmm that we're not ever going to be in the same situation. Yeah. We're just not. I mean, because you, it, it's not something you grow up thinking, I I would like to be homeless or I think I'm going to be homeless. It, it, nobody plans on that, right? Yeah. And for me, I worked, um, Title One. I worked in a um, high poverty school. And so some of my students were even homeless. And just seeing the barriers that they face from a young age and knowing, hey, this is a really hard cycle that you're going to have to break out of um, being born into it, you know. So we don't always think about that, that some people are just born into homelessness. They're born into um, not having a steady household. So, you know, there's barriers like that, too, that some of them face. Yeah. So, um, you know, back back to the race it, itself, um, clothes are donated to Running Works. Yes. And Meredith was a guest on, on our podcast oh, I love several her. weeks ago. Very passionate, right? She's so passionate. She yeah. gives me fire. She has so much fire, she passes <laughs> it along. Um, tell us more about the beneficiaries. Is it just running works? Are there others? Uh, money goes to them, clothing? Tell yeah. us how all of that so, works. So um, running works was a big component in our first year, and same with the Jimmy Core Foundation. Um, those were our first-year beneficiaries, and they really helped with um, passing out the clothes. Um, this year it's just running works, and it's also my foundation that I created called Run Your Race. Um, it's kind of got like a Bible reference into it, um, but it's really just to encourage other people to run their race in life. Um, so all the clothes, a majority of them, depending on how much we have, will go through Running Works. Um, this year, if we have a ton of clothes, I'm going to look at other outlets um, other than Running Works to help distribute just, mm-hmm. you know, urban ministry, some of the women's shelters, especially if we have high quantities um, of specific age or sex. Um, and so... The purpose of my foundation is essentially just to keep this race running. So beneficiary, sole beneficiary will be running works yeah. uh, for clothes and, and monetary. Yeah. So I ran the race last year, and it was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, as you're trying to clean up all of those clothes, like who does that, and how many people does it take to get out there and pick up all those clothes from all those runners? So last year we had people, I'm sure you remember, have – we had large trash cans essentially yeah. outside there, and like people threw dump their stations. stuff near the trash can. People <laughs> threw their stuff near the trash cans. Not everybody was a great, you know, aimer at that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of our lessons that you learn when you're doing races. Sure. This year we have Alsco. That's um, a service here in Charlotte. They have like a linen service. So essentially, any of your linen restaurant napkins gets washed and rented through them. And so they offered to mass wash and clean all of our clothes. And so they will be providing large hampers at every drop station. They're large. So like <laughs> you will make it in you the hamper. Miss. You can't miss. Unless you're really bad. If you miss, I'm throwing you out yep. and like calling you on it. <laughs> Your race is over. Your race is over. <laughs> so they're going to take these clothes. And I went and toured the factory. Factory maybe? Warehouse. Plant. Warehouse sounds great. Or plant. Um, I <laughs> toured <Workspace>. it. <laughs> workspace. <laughs> and I was a total like nerd about it. I was like, this is where they get washed. I mean, these washing machines are like huge vaults where they can wash up to a thousand pounds of clothing. Wow, so when wow. they first offered, I was like, um, last year we had 2,000 pounds of clothing. They're like, oh, that's just two washes. So like one washing machine. <laughs> I was like, and I'll also bring over my clothes too, if you don't mind. Yep. Um, <laughs> so it's really neat that they're going to get like fresh items and some of them probably don't need to be washed, but they're all just going to be thrown in there. 
Then we're gonna take them over to Running Works, um, divide and conquer, and try that. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, you'll make the hamper this year, Jeff. I'm gonna do my best because last year there were a lot of people. I was trying to throw over people like Michael Jordan. That it didn't work. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was really funny. Well, funny story about stripping. This may or may not be a appropriate. <laughs> funny story oh, about here we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Get ready with a pun. <laughs> that wasn't a good opener. You, you might want to dump this, yeah. Oh, we're definitely keeping that. <laughs> funny story about stripping. So, you know, we've been promoting every mile marker you strip. And so, like, 30 minutes before a race start last year, which was, like, 1030 in the morning, um, the police were like, hey, you guys can't strip at mile one on Tryon. And I was like, what do you mean? What are we going to do? And so there's still the mile marker out there, but, you know, telling 500 people about this and having them act on it doesn't always work so my joke was that we had enough um that we had enough strip locations what are they called what are they called what are strip locations called poles no where do you where do strippers go to strip the strip club oh my gosh the strip club so my this is a terrible joke um my joke was there were enough strip Okay, you better be cutting that really out. Really anywhere. But anyways, <laughs> that there were enough strip clubs on Tyvola so, or Tryon, so that's why we couldn't strip. But it uh, ended okay. up being too chaotic. And so this year we found out the same thing, that it's going to be a mile and a half marker. Mm-hmm. So last year I had to stop running at mile one to collect all these people's clothing. And then I, I loaded them on all the strollers <laughs> coming by because mm-hmm. I didn't want to carry them to mile 1.5. Yeah. Anyhow, that was disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, I think there would be kind of a conflict of interest if we got certain sponsors in the strip industry, right? Like, not really yeah. what we want. Exactly. Uptown Cabaret. <laughs> I was thinking I've that. never been there. <laughs> it's the only one I know. I hear the breakfast is good. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you have? I didn't have anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My friends tell me the eggs and bacon stays uh, hot. I don't know. Everything's hot at Uptown Cabaret. Oh, God, Jeffrey. (laughs) We're off the rails. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So uh, media, Mm -hmm. like anybody pick up on this, local, national? I heard something, Runner's World. Yeah. So last year, the Charlotte Observer got a hold of it, Joe, and he wrote a story about it. And I was like, this is amazing. And then this girl from Runner's World contacted me through Facebook, which was wild. She found me. She's like, we'd really love to do an article on your race. And I was like, what? This is insane. I remember seeing your magazines on my kitchen counter. And my mother ran a lot. Um, And so they ended up doing an article on Strip It to Give It. And we were able to give them pictures from the day of. And they're going to rerun an article this year um, about the race with, like, updates and things like that. So Yeah, it was really neat. And my hope is just, like, other cities at least pick up on the idea or – People just feel a little more giving this season. So, what's that like seeing that seeing something that you came up with get so much attention? Um, that the weight on my shoulders for the last ten years was for a reason. Yeah, you know. So, I think a lot of people, you know, feel that weight to do something and then they don't act on it. And I hate to be a person of regret. So, oh God, <laughs> don't you take a picture <laughs> of me? When I'm not ready. Pauses for camera. Pauses for. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, do you want me to act more professional for that shot? Yeah. Okay. Can you? Yeah. How do I do that? Can you? No. Let me just. Okay. Um, we love you. What were we talking about? Just the national attention. Oh, gosh. The, weight, the weight that was on your shoulders. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was so nice to see strangers running my race. Like, mm-hmm. not people that I was like, hey, friends, 
you need to sign up for my race because I can't fail. I hate failing. But in this industry, you have to be okay with failing. That's also what I learned about race directing. Like, you get rejection from sponsors. You get rejection from people that don't want to run your race and think it's the best idea ever. But you also have to feel comfortable with failing because you tried. So, like, even this year, I'm like, you know what? If I fail, I tried. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you have to look at the bigger picture. But, you know, I don't think it's a pass-fail either. You know, I... I I I don't look at it that way. I, How do you look at it? I I I just I I don't think that there is failure. I think oh. when you're like it's all relative, right? Yeah. I mean, if you help one person, that's true. Isn't that worth an effort? It is. It is. If and even if it costs you money, like define the, the difference between success and failure in this. Helping one person is a success. It's worth it. Um, and if it costs you money to do it, you've done something noble. And I think God honors that. Oh. And so even if it's even if it's not for a noble cause. Mm-hmm. For, so for us, we're in the event business and, and we're a for-profit company, but we want to help others and running works is one of our beneficiaries Henry children's hospital there are several that are out there um but we do a race and guess what we've done races before and lost money and you're like well you're in this business how can you lose money well there's no guarantee you're gonna you're gonna be profitable but it's not it's not failure it's It's, beyond that it's learning yeah like okay we learned something did we put a stake in the ground can we do better next time or should we move on to the next idea yeah and you just try to figure out the right answer so i like that that was definitely something that i was having to think first year about like and that's when it really looked like i could potentially be failing um or be comfortable with the idea is learning and trying and then you know what if if it keeps a homeless person warm, great. If it encourages one of my runners to give back mm-hmm. and changes the perception of homelessness, then then it was worth it and I did it. Um, so, you know, it's funny too, like last year I had coworkers that did it because I also harassed them. And she, her child had no idea about homelessness. And mm-hmm. like after the race, she was like, I want to help more. And my heart fluttered, like just, you know, little butterflies in the stomach, heart fluttered because I was like, oh, that's exciting that you can find out like it can... Make a difference in a kid's heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. So so then that becomes part of your legacy and part of your success. Yeah. Right? It does. Because you change somebody else that can change the world, even if it's just their small corner. Because oh. we're not going to change the world. We can change what no. What our environment. You're right. <laughs> so. I love that. Yeah. Talks yeah, with Tim. Can I come here every <laughs> week? <laughs> You can. You call me. It'll be my counseling service. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, thanks so much. Um, I'm really excited about this. What's the race date this coming year? January, January? 11th, 2020. Ooh, it's at okay. 11 a.m. Triple C. Brewing okay. is our start and finish. Yeah. And I'll that's in... Uh, um, 2020. I'm just going to edit that out, too. <laughs> South End. South End. Thank you. I'm thinking South like End. Southwood, <laughs> South Pond, South Town. South of here. Here, I can redo that. It's yeah. actually January 11th, 2020 in South End at Triple C. Awesome. Yeah. Tell us about the course. Flat, 
Hilly. Okay, well, I everybody told people, wants to know. Everybody wants to know. I told everybody it was flat last year, and I lied. Um, that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was flat. There was one hill for sure. There was one hill. Okay, people. Um, so my friends that don't run and signed up for the AK came back out of breath, and they're like, "You lied." <laughs> it's relatively flat for Charlotte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, hills are challenges. So yes. why not? Yep. It's not the Charlotte Marathon. I'll tell you that. What do you mean by that? Charlotte well. Marathon's hilly. <laughs> no, no it's not. There's just opportunities for growth. Opportunities in it. for growth. Yeah. Flat is for sissies. Yep. Yes. Charlotte doesn't have sissies. There you go. Thank you, Katie. Good Thank luck with you. your race. Oh, uh, folks, it. July or uh, J- January. Yeah, folks, January eleventh <laughs> at Triple C in South End. Um, what's your expectation this year? Just real quick. Uh Ooh. That I have runners. No, I'm just kidding. I would thousand? love. I would 2000? love to, if we're setting it high. Two thousand eight hundred would be nice for okay. a second year race. I'm going to be, you know, all right. What well, is it called when I want to be realistic? I want to be realistic. That's what I want to be. <laughs> eight hundred people would be realistic if we exceed expectations. That'll just stretch goal. We call yep. them It'll stretch goals. Stretch goals. Stretch goals. The stretchicles. <laughs> Stretch. Does that goals. something that involves stripping? Will I see your stretchicles? <laughs> this cabaret is why breakfast. I'm not on podcast. <laughs> this is why I'm not on podcast because I make up words. Hey, let me show you my stretchicles. <laughs> well, you should be on podcast. Right. Uh, this is the, the most entertaining one to date. Yeah. You are the most entertaining. Thank you for having when me. When we hand out our rundies, you will get one for most entertaining. There you I'm go. excited. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you out there. January 11th, Running Around Charlotte podcast. Thanks for joining us. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novon Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your hosts, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.